0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Week 10 edition of the Central Texas Football Podcast. Just two weeks away from the Texas high school football playoffs. My name is Ryan Fox, joined alongside Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today, sir?
1: Doing good, man. Uh, What a great week of football we had last week. A couple of upsets, uh, a huge winning streak, getting... uh, uh, knocked off and uh, man a bunch of fun football
0: yeah and uh, man week nine was absolutely insane as kenny mentioned and today's going to be a great show for y'all as well as we preview week 10 recap week nine and a special interview today we have parker ream A sports anchor at KWKT, uh, channel Fox 44 in Waco. We'll have an interview with him uh, later on in the show as well. But uh, let's just go ahead and dive into our Week 9 review. How about the first one? This one played last Thursday night at Tarleton Memorial Stadium, a game I was at as the home team Stephenville Yellow Jackets defeat the China Spring Cougars in a top-ten matchup 31-21. Now, again, as I just mentioned, I was at this game. It was really, really competitive, Kenny. Although it was at first. They kind of traded back and forth, kind of feeling each other out back in the first quarter. But Stephenville, off a very, very strong defensive performance, you know – they kind of held, they kind of built a little lead as well. And the defense was just able to keep China Spring at bay, a very explosive China Spring offense that was just scoring under 50 points per game. And they held them to a, four, I think it was a 14-7 or a 21-7 lead at halftime. They they built their lead up to 28-7 at one point as well. Just a phenomenal performance on both sides of the ball for Stephenville. Tate had a had a great game. Uh, Tristan Gentry, the receiver for the Yellow Jackets, had a great game, and some big news for him—he just committed to Texas Tech as well. And uh, seeing him live on last Thursday night, the Red Raiders are going to get a great weapon in Gentry, and then the, just the defensive performance overall by the Yellow Jackets really solid performance from Stephenville. Yeah, that's that's
1: what uh, really uh, stood out to me is that defensive por- performance by the Yellow Jackets. Mm. You know, kudos to that uh, defensive coordinator over there and the and the whole staff for what they did. And at times it looks. Looks like Cashman Collin was frustrated. He didn't He didn't have anywhere to go. Of course, they had some uh, bright spots here here, and there, but yeah, what a great performance by that uh, Stephenville uh, defense.
0: Yeah, and the, the thing with Stephenville, they didn't really hit many big plays. Like, they did hit a big pass play to, to Gentry that took him down the one-yard line, and then Tate Mariska just punched it in from there. But again, that was the story on the Stephenville offensive side the whole night. Just grinded up and down the field with a solid uh, rushing attack with Tate Mariska, getting Five six yards of carry, just driving their way down the field, and then just China Spring defensively just didn't have an answer for that. Um, I think I think there was a clear size advantage in the trenches. Steubenville's offensive line was very very big, and I think with China Spring their defensive line were big, but I think. Um, especially on the edge, they have like a little smaller guys that are more like edge rushers, uh, not really designed to stop the run. And they only had a three-man three front. And I think that just was a huge advantage for Stephenville because, again, Tate Mariska, that run game, had a just a great performance all night long. And then for China Spring offensively, I mean, it was the same thing. They just couldn't get much going at first. I mean, they had – the, their biggest play was a 49-yard touchdown pass to Kyle Barton where Cash McCollum kind of got flushed out of the pocket, which was a problem. I think he got sacked like seven or eight times on the night. It, like, he didn't get much protection. But that big play to Barton, he kind of just rolled out to his right and just dumped it over, kind mm-hmm. of a you know backyard-style play mm-hmm. to Barton. And then Barton just made like eight defenders miss and ran it to the corner of the end zone. But aside from that, China Spring just couldn't get a whole lot going. And it was just an overall great performance for Stephenville and a much-needed win, especially with how last year's game ended. I think that kind of weighed on them, and they used that as motivation going into last week's game and they came out on top it was a great game to see yeah and one thing that you said is that offensive line play you know mm-hmm. really the
1: defense stood out and man their offensive line finishes plays Yeah, you know, they don't they don't quit they, they play through the whistle it's really impressive and, and a great win by Bill.
0: yeah absolutely so they uh they get their another huge one of district play to the yellow jackets and another district showdown last week that was likely for the district championship in this district uh, and glen Rose takes care of business and then some as they go over to eagle stadium in Hillsboro and take care of the hillsborough eagles 39 to 8 now when we talked about this game last week we thought this game would be a little bit closer especially with Hillsboro being at home and we thinking you know the story of glen rose is here is how all they're down they don't have hudson why they don't have all these players that they had last year but heck they just put all that to bed last week and they they basically secured an undefeated district title with this win over hillsborough last week
1: yeah and you know we, we kind of had some uh, high hopes that hillsborough would go out there and, mm-hmm. and make a showing but you know they just didn't yeah and that's just the way it goes you know uh glenn rose came out and played a, a really good ball game and uh Looks like they are going to be the district champs.
0: Absolutely. So, Glenn Rose, again, 39-8 winners over Hillsboro last week. And how about another surprising result from last week? Midlothian going over to Lake Belton and taking care of business, 49-28 over the Lake Belton Broncos um you know i think when we talked about this game last week again we we thought this game could have gone either way but how about midlothian starting the season with a 21 7 loss to arlington seguin and now rattling off eight straight victories including this 21 point row victory over a very good lake belton team very impressive for midlothian that is
1: you know kind of surprised about that you know because we talked about a lot of talent on that field uh Midlothian likes to run the ball when they do throw it. They throw it to Bryant uh, Westcote, mm-hmm. and they all had great games. And Yeah, kind of a surprise to me. I thought uh, Lake Belton was going to get that win, but, uh, man, Midlothian's looking really good.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they've you know, they kind of established that, hey, this is still their district to lose. They're still unbeaten the district. And, again, they haven't lost since week one, and I guess we'll have to see who they have this week. I, I think I don't think they've played Red Oak Quite No, so they close out with Red Oak. They have Colleen Ellison at home this week, and then they'll close out the season next week at Red Oak. And that Red Oak game will probably be for the district championship, so we'll keep an eye on that one in the next couple weeks. But, yes, uh, Midlothian, 49-28 winners over Lake Belton. And how about Waco University shaking things up over – and their district in Class 5 of Division 2, getting the win 27-19 over the previously unbeaten Le- Leander Rouse Raiders. Impressive victory for Coach Johnson and company.
1: Yeah, that is a, a great win. Uh, you know, uh, really an upset. You know, yep. we kind of knew, uh, you know, uh, University fell to uh, Fleurville earlier in the year, and you mm-hmm. kind of, you know, blinked at that a little bit and kind of caught your attention thinking, hey, what's up with this University team? Not kind of what we thought would happen there. And then they come back and beat a, a tremendous uh, Rouse team. And, uh, yeah, man, what a, what a great victory.
0: Yeah, and that, that sets them up nicely. If they're able to, you know, they have Pflugerville Connolly uh, at home this week, which is a team that was, you know, just extremely down last year. They're, ve- they're vastly improved from what they were last year uh, in this season. So if they're able to take care of business at home this week, they'll be at Belton to close out the season. And they'll be battling for – probably at the very least a share of the district title, which is what that game came down to last year. And I called that game last year. It was an exciting game. Belton uh, scored a a game-winning field goal as time expired to win the district title last year. So that could set up for a very, very nice district championship matchup in two weeks. 27-19 winners, the University Trojans over Leander Rouse. Uh, And then going down out of Class 3, Division 1, a game from last week. A game that, you know, we talked about might be competitive, but it ended up being really competitive. How about Grandview 21 and West 19? Now, the story from this one, uh, if I read this correctly, I think West had a missed extra point and a missed two-point conversion as well, which was the difference in this one. Only a two-point victory for Grandview, but you know, this is, again, one of those district rivals. These two have been in the same district for a very long time now, like the last five or six years, and that rivalry has start, started to develop a little bit. It just seems like every time Grandview and West are in the same district, West is that thorn that sticks in Grandview's side. And they had it; they, they had them on on a scare last week, but Grandview's is able to come out on top.
1: Yeah, West has beat them two years in a row. Yeah. And, uh, Really good game, close game. Uh, opening kickoff, Grandview ran it back, got called back, uh, and yeah, they missed. Uh, West missed that early, that extra point early, and they kept chasing it and chasing it, and mm. then uh, there at the end, they went for two, didn't get it, so it became a two two point ball game, and really great game. Uh, it's a it's it's a really a, a, a good rivalry there. It's, yeah. it's turning to be that way, and. Uh, You know, and now Grandview's got a big game next week.
0: Yeah, this week for sure. And, you know, this sets up an undefeated district championship game, which we will dive into later on in the show. But from last week, Grandview, 21-19 winners over the West Trojans. And then back up to Class 4A, La Vega, 49-28 winners over Alvarado. This is just... You know, kind of a just take-care-of-business win for La Vega here.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, didn't get to watch any of it. Uh, checked out the the game the storyline and, mm-hmm. and the stats and kind of vintage La Vega. You know, this year, defense kind of played well enough to win, and then Bryson Rowland got his.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And just 49, uh, 49 points against a very good Alvarado team. I think Alvarado still hasn't fully recovered from that China Spring loss. Again, you look at that two or three weeks ago uh, where they took a 13 nothing lead and then gave up 50 points in a single quarter. I, it might have kind of shook them a little bit, and they might not have fully recovered since that point. I'm trying to, say, trying to see who Alvarado played. Uh, before they play... Uh, LeV- oh, it was their bye week. So, they that China Spring... After that China Spring game two, two weeks ago, uh, they went to their bye week. Or three weeks ago, they went to their bye week, and then they played La Vega last week. So, their last win was... Back in pre-district, they played two district games in our 0 and are 0-2, and they have a tough test this week. You know, th- we won't preview this game, but they play Stephenville at home this week. A Stephenville team that just beat the China Spring team that beat Alvarado by 36. So it's a huge, you know, it's a huge task here for Alvarado. But and they have Waxahachie life to close out the season and if they fall to Stevenville, they'll be fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot so we'll keep an eye on that one La Vega 49-28 winners over Alvarado and this one this result over in class 3 really surprised me as well how about Tig 42-14 winners over what was previously a very dominant Grosbeck team how about this one for the Lions yeah you know I guess Tig kind of bounced back yeah know, they a little pissed off from
1: that Mejia game and uh Came out, uh, you know, guns a and, and and good job for them. And Coach Linscombe over there, they do a great job. And and uh, I know, uh, you know, Coach Bomar, I, I don't know. I didn't see any film, uh, didn't really get the stats. But uh, I know he'll go back to the drawing board and be ready. I mean, that, that's going to be kind of a battle there for that uh, second
0: through mm-hmm. uh, fourth spot. So, it'll, it'll, it's, gonna, it's about to get interesting here. And then staying in that district, probably the – I mean, we kind of saw this like, as a possibility, but – Still, when you look at the longest winning streak in the entire state of Texas broken, Lorena 52-49, uh, you just can't help but be impressed. I think just on paper, that was just the biggest upset across the entire state of Texas last week. You know, Franklin hadn't lost a game since the two thousand twenty-three Division II state championship game when they lost in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, to Canadian in that one. they had. This is their first loss since that point, so it's been a very long time since Franklin lost a game. So just a huge upset and a huge win for Lorena, man. I think this is with Kevin Johnson's first year as the you know head coach for the Lorena Leopards. I think this is his first signature win for this program.
1: Yeah, and we talked about it with our interview with uh, Parker Reem. You know, Kevin Johnson came in. I don't think he wanted to revamp the whole Lorena program but he, mm-hmm. he's made his changes you yeah. know he had injury at running back now Braylon Henry's the running back he made a change at quarterback with uh Caden Roberts I believe is his name yeah I think so and uh, and it's paid off they've done really well and you know Lorena's lost a few games this year they never they haven't been blown out uh Franklin's won a few games this year that they probably should have blown out you know some Rockdale teams and, and different teams they didn't so you kind of not a big surprise here you know uh Lorena's got a quality Really quality football team, and I think going forward, you know columbus Hitchcock, Lorena, Franklin are kind of your front runners mm-hmm. in that region,
0: yeah, and this could set up very nicely <clears throat> for a like a round three matchup with Lorena and Columbus, which would be amazing, and if they win that game, they might run into Franklin again in the fourth yeah. round, so You know, winning the district is a good thing, but just in this region or just where these two districts are lined up, it's a gauntlet no matter where you you place in this district. So, yeah, but it's, again, a huge win for the Lorena Leopards, 52-49 winners over Franklin, a really signature win for Coach Kevin Johnson in his first season as the head coach for the Leopards. And, man, again, we're just two weeks away from the playoffs, and we're starting to get somewhat of an idea of what our first-round matchups could be. And... You know, it's it, it's looking good. It's The most exciting time of the football season is just upon us, two weeks away from the playoffs. But now that is our week nine rev, uh, pr, uh, review, rather, and now let's jump into our Matt Step question of the week. And the question for Matt Step was this week was basically with the regular season starting to come to a close, what is the number one district in Central Texas that, you know, you're, you're going to be keeping your eye on? And... And again, one of the districts we just mentioned, Matt Stepp's answer was, I've got my eyes on 11-5A Division II. That's the district with the University, Rouse, Belton, and all those guys. Uh, ab- this district is absolutely crazy as all seven teams still control their destiny when it comes to playoff spots. Even the, t- even the two Pflugerville sk- schools at one and three can get back in the playoff mix if they win out. Waco University has a huge game with Pflugerville this- Connolly this week, with the Trojan squad, that beat Leander Rouse show up, or will the team that lost to Flugerville show up? Belton and Colleen Chaparral is another massive game with huge playoff stakes. The district every week um, has had a surprise or two, and that, that's a good point. And we talked about that earlier with university beating Leander Rouse. You know, that, that kind of shook up the district a bit because Rouse was undefeated and they hadn't lost a district game yet. And now this completely shakes up what was already a wild district when it comes to playoff seeding. Yeah, and, and this game with uh, University uh,
1: coming up and, they, and they've got Conley coming up then they got Belton at the end of the year. So, uh, man, yeah, it, it's uh, I think it's a good pick because, you know, you definitely got a dogfight left in this one.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, I mean... I don't know how many districts out there have you know every single team at going into week 10 still having a chance to make the playoffs so huge huge Definitely, and, and, you know, and look at the other districts too.
1: You know, eight uh-huh. two a one Crawford and Riesel are playing for maybe second place, and then mm-hmm. look at Valley Mills. They come back and had a hell of a game against Rosebud Lot. Mm-hmm. They're they're now they're in for that fourth spot, and then you look at eleven four a d two with Robinson and Gatesville for a third spot there, and then coming up, you know, we're going to talk about Conley and Madisonville for that first spot. So a lot of a lot of cool, interesting uh, spots. Uh, for the taking here.
0: Yeah, the the last two weeks of the regular season are always, when it comes to the regular season, of course, they're always just the wildest weeks because there's always all these districts that have they're just, just still up in the air. There's no clear-cut favor to win the district. Like in any of the ones you mentioned, of course, that two-way, well, I think mean, Marlin has solidified there yeah. as the leader in that district. But two through four is still up for grabs. So it'll be interesting to see how all that plays out again. Thanks again to Matt Stepp uh, for the question of the week. And uh, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Kenny had a chance to sit down uh, with uh, the sports anchor at KWKT, Channel 44 in Waco, Parker Ream. Uh, we might split this up in uh, two ways, uh, but here is uh, Kenny's interview with Parker Reem.
1: Okay, I'm here with Parker Ream, KWKT, Fox 44 sports anchor. Hey, Parker, thanks for joining us today, buddy.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me uh, This is awesome.
1: Hey, so we had a great lineup last week of games uh, and, you know, uh, several – well, I'm going to say more than two or three upsets. Uh, kind of crazy. Let's start with the probably the talk of the state is uh, Franklin's winning streak getting uh, ended by Lorena. What do you think about that game? The biggest <laughs> – maybe the biggest upset in Central Texas in at least a decade. I mean, that is – Insane. I remember looking at my phone because that was supposed to be our game of the week, but I actually talked our station out of it uh, <laughs> to, go, to go over to Teague and uh, Grossbeck, which was also a good game, too. Uh, got a lot of good content out of that, and, and uh, Teague ended up winning that one for 42-14. So that was a good district matchup, but I just thought, you know, Franklin's just this juggernaut, you know? You think that... They're not going to lose a game ever because they haven't in three years. And uh, what a win, you know, for Kevin Johnson to kind of catapult himself into that consideration of, you know, you're stepping into those shoes for Ray Miles, and how are you going to fill them? And he showed that. His team, I think, showed that. You obviously have Jaden Porter back, uh, and it seems to be paying your for him, uh, but yeah, James James Webb, the hero in that in that leopards game, hit that hitting that field goal. Yeah, that was a big one. You know, and I, I kind of honestly, when we did our pe- preview, I picked Lorena third in that district because I thought Cameron Yeo was going to be a lot better. But you know, you, you brought up Coach Johnson. I don't think he's kind of reinvented Lorena, but he's he's made some changes. You know, some due to injury because uh, their starting running back was out, so Braylon Henry steps up and is having a, a monster year, and then he makes that change at quarterback, and uh, it's really paying off for him. Yeah. And the, and they- I think that's kind of been the, the theme for him, you know, talking to him before the season as well, is, is he really wanted to
2: keep things the same, but add his little twist to the, this Lorena team, and I think you're kind of starting to see that. It started off a little bit slow, and now they're just rolling. So you can really legitimately have the Leopards as a player in the postseason, which is exciting because that's kind of what we were all maybe hoping to see is Lorena get back to that state title appearance. Absolutely. Uh, had.
1: Okay, let's hop up to foray uh, uh, with uh, another huge game. I got to watch a lot of that Thursday night on- online. Uh, China springs Steamville and it was kind of back-and-forth game early on, and then uh, Steamville just started to pull away. Yeah, I was at that game, actually, on Thursday at Tarleton State, and what, what a great atmosphere, first and foremost, really. I, I think that kind of game really felt like a playoff game. It didn't feel like a district regular season game, obviously the top ten matchup, but both teams really are kind of star-studded across the board, Obviously, you got Cash McCollum on, on China Spring, and then Tristan Gentry, the uh, Texamit for Stephenville. But really, the, the defense for Stephenville is so much more improved than last year, and I think that really made the difference this year. China Spring, you know, they kept battling back every single time, but it just seemed like it wasn't enough this year to just kind of go hit for hit, touchdown for touchdown. Back and forth, you know they had to really string together some touchdowns, and that's just that just wasn't going to happen against this Yellow Jacket team this year. Yeah, and you know watching that game, I thought Steamville the, the defensive scheme or, or game plan that they had like, really, really was great. Because I, you know, I think it wasn't it seven seven or really low scoring at half, and I don't think anybody in the state thought that they would both be under twenty points going into halftime. So uh, kudos to that that Steamville defense; they did a heck of a job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that's something that might set them up. I know I know China Spring now, Tyler Beatty, they want kind of that chip on their shoulder heading into the postseason. I can't imagine anything better than to lose in district play and kind of give you that chip on your shoulder heading into the postseason that you need to prove you're still, I think they dropped down to nine in the Dave Campbell, Texas Rankings, so that's probably the lowest China, China Spring has been in a couple of years. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay, let's move down to three A, and, and this is a seven three A game uh, that I really thought Grandview would kind of run away with, maybe in the second half. But man, West really dug in and, and played them tight. And uh, I think West's defense is getting better as a year go year goes on. I just think they need to find something offensively to get going.
2: Yeah, and, and you look at this West team. Obviously, five and three on the year. They started off kind of, kind of brutal. You know, losing to Whitney, losing to Lorena, two very, very, very good teams. And then they rattle off a couple, a couple straight wins. But that Grandview team—if you look in that district, really, it's Grandview and uh, and Whitney. Um, so that's kind of the the matchup that everybody wants to see. Um, so I, it's not a bad loss, and that's and that's something that David Woodard and, and company can really hang their heads on. But I know that offense kind of lacks the firepower. A lot of new faces on that West Trojans team, so gonna see
1: if they can kind of figure it out. Maybe come postseason time. Yeah. All right. Let's let's go back up to five uh, A uh, D with Lake Belton and Midlothian. You had two five-star receivers going at it in that one. Uh, kind of surprised that uh, Midlothian won that one like they did. And it's really just a product of how good Mid- Midlothian has been. I mean, you know, Lake Belton this year is, again, one of those players in the postseason. But Midlothian just consistently year in and year out. I remember going to a Waco High uh, against Midlothian game last year, <laughs> I traveled. I traveled all the way out to Midlothian, and you know, as a sports anchor, you you want to get highlights of your area team, and you don't necessarily <laughs> send back highlights of the opposing team. But I think I came back with maybe one Waco High highlight, and the rest was Midlothian. So uh, you know, the people that were watching definitely weren't watching for Midlothian, but uh, it's just the passing attack. That they have, and just the weapons surrounding it. And I think Lake Belton's defense has a lot to be desired. So far, uh, they show that you know against against Shoemaker, against Killeen. Uh they put up points offensively. But the defense really needs to kind of sure up if they're going to win a postseason game. Because obviously, last year they exited in that first round. Uh, you know, we saw we saw that first inaugural season went. Yeah, and that's a brutal district they play in that uh, that by bi- district round also. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then let's stay and well, let's go five A D two. And man, a pretty uh, you know an upset in my opinion. I think uh, Rouse was favored just about by everybody, but University knocking off Rouse, and now they're firmly in in the race for, to win the district championship there.
2: Yeah, and and you look at a little bit ahead. I, I, I'm looking at the next week, thinking that it's probably going to be our game of the week. You look at University. And Belton, that's probably going to be the district title once again, if you remember last year, Belton actually won that on a game winning field goal as time expired to clinch that district championship and steal it from university at home. Now it goes to Belton and both teams, if they can pull out a win this week, are going to be at the same district record heading into that game with a chance to win a district championship. So I think it's gonna be great, you know, K. Ron Johnson, the former Baylor defensive tackle, he's got that Trojan team in prime position. It's kind of crazy that their only loss is to Pflugerville, which is at the bottom <laughs> yes. of those districts standing. The oh. Pflugervilles has been, been in almost every game imaginable in that district. They just lost in the very end and somehow they pulled it off against University. So now you look at that matchup coming down the wire at the end, I think it's going to be a great one, but obviously, you know, still
1: gotta, still gotta win out before they get to that game. Yeah, and to your point, that was a great game. Last year. I should at Delta University. I did listen to that on the radio, and that was a good one.
0: Uh, we'll bring you more of Parker Reem later on in the show, but let's just jump into our Week Ten preview, Kenny. Let's start over in Class Six A. Eight and no Pflugerville Weiss on the road to take on a. Four and five midway team, but yes, we are previewing a four and five team in week ten because this midway team has won four of their last five, and they're four and one in district play, and they have a chance to claim at least a share of the district title if they can get this win over Weiss this week.
1: Yeah, and I, I don't think I'd put it past them, man. Nope. I think uh, Coach Ezra Martinez has turned this team around, and they're on a pretty good little. role here you know they got a great quarterback in Ty Brown a good running back in Longoria uh, Jackson Baird Ramon Conway really good receivers uh, they're, they're on a roll, you know, and they, they face a wise team that's got a really good running back or quarterback themselves in Jax Brown. He's done for 2,300 yards and 27 touchdowns. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, and uh, you know what? I'm going to stay with the hot hand. I'm going I'm to go with Midway in this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a, I'm not, like you said, I'm not going to put it past them either, but Weiss does have a very talented team. You did mention their quarterback and their top receiver, Adrian Wilson, and they have three guys on their team that have rushed for at least 350 yards, so this wise team can attack you from so many different ways they put up 41 points per game Um, honestly I think it may be with the amount of weapons they have and how how they can attack you from both ways I think it may be too much for, for midway now again like you said they're Arguably the hottest team in Central Texas right now, just the way they played. Uh, undoubtedly in Class 6A. I mean, they start again. They start off 0 and 4 on the season, and now have won four of their five last games. All of those in district play. And another thing you got to consider here: this is Midway's last game of the regular season. After this game, they they have two weeks to prepare for the playoffs. So they're they're essentially fighting for at least a share of the district title here. And they're going to bring their absolute A game simply because it's the last game of the regular season and they still have a higher playoff seed to fight for. Um, But, you know, despite how, you know, how streaky they've been, starting off 0-4, now winning four of the last five, I think... The thing, you know, we don't always like to compare scores here, but Harker Heights, whenever they play midway, they beat midway 28-14. to 14. And when Weiss play that same Harker Heights team, they went to Harker Heights and beat them by 38. So, you know, you know scores aren't always indicative, you know, because mm-hmm. midway in the first half of the season is a completely different midway team that we're seeing now. So mm-hmm. I think that's a huge thing to consider here. But I'm going to split with you on this one. I'm going to take Pflugerville-Weiss to stay undefeated in district play. I mean, honestly, I, I'd, like to, I'd like to see Midway win this one just because of how they started and just have an absolute turnaround to start off 0-4 and still have a chance to at least have a share of the district title. It's all in their hands right now, and they're playing at home too, which I think helps. I think it's going to be a great game, but I'm going to take the 8-0 uh, Pflugerville-Weiss-Wolves in this one. And now let's move move down to Class 4A, one of the games we um, hinted at earlier in the show. Madisonville, 7-1, traveling on the road to take on the Connolly Cadets, 5-3. What do you see in this one, Kenny? Uh,
1: both these teams uh, previously were ranked in the top 10. You know, yep. and they both fell out. Uh, I think Connolly's 5-3. Yes. You no, know, a couple of quality losses. Uh, but I just, you know, Madisonville, great squad. A good win last week. But I think... Conley has too much firepower with uh, Ja'Mari Vincent quarterback, Kiefer Sibley, at running back and then you've got uh, Kobe Black that can does it all really, you know, uh, he'll play wide receiver, he'll run the ball a little bit. I think I hope I'm thinking that Conley's going to start putting this thing together. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not known for making deep playoff runs. You know, they're one or two and done. They've got too much talent for that to happen. And I, and I, I'm hoping that they're going to start putting it together this time and making this little charge towards the playoffs.
0: Yeah, and this could, you know, on paper, this could be for the district championship. Now, this is only the this is the third of four playoff of four district games rather for these two teams. They're both two and zero in the district coming into this one. I think if Madisonville wins this game, then they're going to be in really prime position to win the district because they'll have a Salado team that's kind of been up and down uh, this season to close out the season next week. Both Connolly, if they win, they still have Robinson. Now, Robinson's been kind of a wild card team as well. You know, they're they a team that go out there and beat you know beat a team by thirty and then go out to Waxahachie Life and lose by twenty eight. You know, you just never know where you're going to get from Robinson. Uh, but yeah, I think. Th- you know, all that side. I think this is essentially the district championship game. And with Madisonville, they've been solid all season long. Again, their only loss on the season is a, you know, a pretty lopsided loss to what is now the number one team in Class 3, Division 1 in the Columbus Cardinals. And that Columbus team is, you know, Honestly, they might be the favorite to win the to win the state championship at least, oh, or no at least, yeah. or at least make the title game out of that eastern side of the bracket. So there's no shame in that. But aside from that, Madisonville has been dominant. They averaged 39 points per game, only give up 16. And but when you look at Connolly, I think their pre-district schedule, which was a long one for both these teams. Again, it's only a four it's only a four team district, so each team played six pre-district games. And I think Connolly's pre-district schedule was a lot, lot tougher. I mean, they played uh, La Vega. They played uh, China Spring. You know, they played, you know, very lopsided. In Madisonville, they kind of punched down a little bit. They played a couple 3As, die ball, and they played and they played Fairfield, and they played a 4A team in Caldwell, but Caldwell is O for this year. They beat them 63 to nothing. I think Connolly is more battle-tested in this one. Ugh. This is a tough call. I think this is really a toss-up game. I think with the talent that Connolly has, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you here. I'm, I think I'm going to take Tom, I'm going to take Connolly at home in this one as well. But it should be a good game. Seven to one Madisonville at five and three Connolly. Now let's move down to Class 3A Division One. A game, another game we hinted at earlier in the show. Eight and O Whitney on the road to Johnson County to take on the seven and one Grandview Zebras. Both teams are undefeated in district. Whitney has started the season eight and and0 for the first time since nine. 19- and they've been dominant, putting up 53 points per game while only giving up 13 points per game. Now, Grandview's been dominant as well. They they score 47 points per game while only giving up 11 per game. Now, the biggest question for me for both these teams, and I know the the schedule's out of their control, but how much of their dominance for both teams has been because of the strength of schedule that this district presents, which again is out of their hands. You know, you you play the games that are scheduled in front of you, but how much of that, those numbers and those gaudy numbers and the dominance been because of that, the weak district schedule just to you know, put it bluntly yeah. h- how much of that factors in I is my all, is my question
1: yeah i mean the stats are skewed because of that district yeah thing. you know you're not going to score that many points if you're in a district 12 uh, uh, you know up in the region three uh you know the, these are going to be two really good teams uh grandview did take a lump against Malakoff, and i think just mm. about every team in the state but, that, but that's it's a region gonna, two yeah, favorite do yeah. the same thing uh, Whitney's, you know, they've got a lot of talent, you know, and I think uh, the key for them is to try to find a way to to move the ball, kind of like they did against the West when you're going to get – Jared Daniels is going to get double teamed. You know, they've got yeah. – uh, Grammy's got a terrific cornerback in Jaleel Allen. I'm sure they're going to put that guy on him. They're probably going to cover a, a safety over the top. And so on offense, Whitney is going to have to find a way to, to get the ball to Marcus Wilson or Caden Tanner or the freshman and Kobe uh, Haynes and uh, maybe get their running game going yeah. a little bit. They haven't, they haven't, well, you know, they've ran the ball better here lately against lesser talent. And if you're Grandview, you know, this Whitney defense has been pretty tough. They're pretty athletic in the mm-hmm. secondary. Uh, and, Casey Cannon's a, a really good running back. So I, I'd be interested to see what Grandview wants to do here, uh, if they want to run the ball a little bit. I haven't seen a whole lot of their games. I watched the West game last mm-hmm. year, uh, this year, uh, last week, and, you know, they kind of did a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I think Grandview's got a psychological advantage in this game because, you know, since 2014, Whitney's beat them twice, and every other game they played since then, Whitney hadn't been in the ball game after half. You know? Yeah. It's just been a blowout. And so – That's the important key to me is can Whitney get over that psychological deal where, hey, you whipped our butt just about every time you played us. Now it's our turn to do it. And uh, that's going to be the key to me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And for Whitney, I mean, this is their biggest test of the season. Now, in pre-district play, I think Granby played, you know, two tougher games. You know, they played Malakoff, and then Whitney played a a Troy team that you know has kind of been up and down, but that's expected when you have a first year coach and you know trying to develop his new program. And then they had to come back in a game against Hillsborough, which Hillsborough, again, up and down team, but a lot of that has been due to injuries for them. But you know, in in district play, both teams have been dominant, and again you never really like to compare scores but whitney whitney when they played west they won 32 to 10 and then grandview played west last week and only won 21-19 but that west team is completely different than the team that played whitney back in what week 3 or 4 i think yeah and and yeah and you just these rivalry games like that yeah, you, know, you, you know you you throw stats out the you window can't, you can
1: yeah. compare them you know yeah. uh, you know west is beat uh beat uh grandview the prior mm-hmm. two years you yeah know, so. yeah and you know uh it's gonna be a good one you know I, I i'm think gonna so. be tuned in i won't be in town but i'll be watching and uh it's gonna be something else i think yeah who do you have in this one uh you know what i'm going with the hot hand whitney's undefeated mm-hmm. first time they've been eight zero. i think they're gonna keep it going they're gonna end up nine
0: i like it i'm gonna split with you here i'm gonna take grandview at home by one possession Quite frankly, I don't know if this game is going to be a shootout, but I think it'll be kind of high scoring. I kind of see it being like a 31-27, 34-28 type game, something like that. So not like you 60-70 know, points for each team, but I think it'll be relatively high scoring. I think – The main thing here, I know it's kind of a a generic thing to say, but I think whichever defense forces the most turnovers will win this game because I think both teams will be fine offensively. I think it's really going to come down to who can take care of the football in this one, and I just at this point, I mean – I've seen more Whitney games and Grandview games. You know, I I know Whitney, especially early on in the season, wasn't the greatest at taking care of the football. I mean, in that week one game against uh, yeah. Troy, they turned the ball over what six times. Yeah, so amazing. you know, they they have a tendency to do that. Now I think that's something that Coach Haynes, David Haynes Jr. emphasizes you know week by week, especially since that week one game. But I'm gonna take Grandview at home in this one. You know, it's a uh, it's it's the and another reason. The, and these things might not completely correlate but like you said with that mental hurdle of Whitney taking on you know a team like Grandview that's it's kind of had their number overall you know over the past few years last week for Dave Campbell's Texan Live I broadcasted a Brock in Paradise game now Paradise was number five in the state at the time while Brock was number seven. Paradise was 8-0 and going into that game while Brock was 4-3. and Paradise had never beaten Brock since Brock started playing football in 2014. And I think that mental hurdle showed up. Even though, you know, on paper, Paradise was the better team. They went on the field, and I just think they couldn't get over that hurdle. I'm thinking, okay, this is the year. We have the team, the best team we've ever had, and we're in the best prime position to beat Brock, and they just couldn't do it. Now, on the other hand, Whitney in the past couple years, they have gotten over that hurdle, just not every single time. But, you know, I think they are in the best position they've been to get over that hurdle since that 2019 season. But I – I don't know. I think Grandview just a little bit more battle-tested here. I'm going to take them at home in this one in a one-possession game. But will I be surprised if Whitney wins this game and secures the district championship? Absolutely not. I think this is going to be a slobber knocker. I don't think both these teams, they don't really like each other. You know, it's a, it's a rivalry game. So I, I think it will it could go either way. But I'll take Grandview in a one-possession game Yeah, and in this you know, one, one
1: thing, uh, you know, if you lose this game, if you're Grandview and you lose this game, or if you're Whitney oh, and you lose this game. They're fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. You know? If you win this game, you potentially have Malakoff in the third round. If, mm-hmm. you, if you lose the game, you have Winsboro potentially in the third round. Mm-hmm. So pick your poison. I mean, I know you want to bring home the hardware. You mm-hmm. want that gold football. But uh, I think these are really two really good teams that have a lot of football left to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think the top three seeds <clears> out of this <throat> district don't don't count out West either. They're probably going to finish third in this district. But they have a chance to go two or three rounds deep in the playoffs. It's just how because simply because of how wild District eight's gonna be. Now that's Malakoff's district, but two yeah. through four <laughs> two through four, they're all wild cards. So yeah. I think that the, the the by district matchups between, you know, District Seven and District Eight in the first round, District Eight in the first round are going to be really, really fun to see. But yeah, we'll, we're split on this one. Uh, Kenny will take Whitney, and I will take Grandview in a close one. But again, I think regardless of the outcome, both teams will be fine heading into the final week of the regular season. Then our final Week Ten preview: How about five and three, five and three Crawford at seven and one Riesel? What do you see in this one, Kenny? Well, I see Riesel winning, but one thing mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier that's
1: crazy about this district is Valley Mills beating Rosebud Lot. Yeah. Now they're. Sh- firmly in that fourth uh, fourth spot, you know, battling for that. But, you know, I think Crawford's just going to be down this year, and, and they are down. And I think Riesel's got a really good ball club with Gavin Oliver as their quarterback, that big defensive end, right tackle-looking dude playing quarterback. He's he's a – I think, you know, talking to Coach Little, he's a leader, you know, and, he, and uh, he's a go-getter. He, he works hard. And uh, you know, I, I just I think I like Riesel in this, and I think Marlin's got the the district wrapped up, and Riesel's going to get second.
0: Yeah, I, I I agree with that. And Crawford, they've I mean they've just kind of been up and down all season. I've, their first four games were literally win, loss, win, loss. You know, and in district, they're for both teams, both the teams' lone district loss is Marlin, the the now going to be the district champion, and. With Crawford, I think so far, in district play at least, this is going to be their biggest tent, test offensively going against this Riesel defense that has been pretty dominant all season long.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, 12-6A and 11-4A uh, and all these seating in these districts and, uh, you know, universities district. This is one, another one, and, mm-hmm. uh, it's you know, it's kind of different than we've seen in the past. You know, we've seen Marlin up there. Seen Riesel go three rounds, but as a four seed. Uh, interesting seeing Crawford maybe going as a three seed. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, and I still like Riesel.
0: Yeah, I'll take Riesel in this one as well. But this is, again, this is the battle for the number two playoff seed. So, you know, this is huge for both teams because this will completely affect the, tra- the trajectory of their playoff runs. And I think especially in Class 2A, you want to be the higher seed, especially, no doubt about it. So this will be the battle for the number two playoff seed out of the district. Um, but, yeah, I'll, I'll take Riesel in this one as well. And before we, and that is the end of our Week 10 preview. And before we jump into our Week 10 pick-ems, uh, let's continue our conversation with a sports anchor at KWKT Channel 44 in Waco, Parker Ream.
1: Okay, so let's look at our upcoming games this week. We've got quite a few, no shortage, kind of like last, uh, last week. And uh, let's start off at 7-3-A with Whitney going to Grandview for the de facto district championship, winner-takes-all type game. Yeah, sort of like I was talking about earlier. You know, that is the game that everybody circles on the calendar because it's almost like the district championship, the de facto district championship. But obviously there's so much talent for these Whitney Wildcats this year. I mean, what a start, you know, 8-0 and uh, for the first time. I mean, you probably know better than anybody. Uh, when was the last time y'all went 8-0? Uh, it was probably before I was born, if it has ever happened. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a long I mean, time. But what a job, you know, y- y'all have done, that coaching staff, uh, David, uh, his, and his son, too, Trey. I, I mean, you guys have really revamped kind of what it is to be a Whitney Wildcat and and what how Central Texas kind of views the Whitney Wildcats in terms of a player in the postseason. And I think this year there's just kind of a different feel almost that this team's legit. You know, they're not going one or maybe two rounds deep. Like this team could Maybe make a deep run in the postseason, and, and that's just exciting. So I think I think Whitney's got a good chance to to beat Grandview and just possibly finish the regular season undefeated, which is which is really cool. Yeah, and you know, and to your point, Coach Chang is doing a terrific job. Now, the one thing that is kind of you know worrisome if you're a Whitney Wildcat is you know Whitney's beat Grandview twice since 2014. You know, and then yeah. honestly. They have never been in a game other than those two games. Once the first quarter is over, you know, the, the game's pretty much uh, not in doubt. So, it's it's you know, I don't know if it's a middle thing for uh, this team, but, you know, they're going to have to come out ready to play and, and probably uh, score some points early because, you know, it's all – you know, it's I, I can't really call it a rivalry because it's so lopsided. So, uh, Granby's just had their number, but it, I think it's going to be a good one this year.
2: Yeah, and it, I mean, if, if it does provide you you only losing or only winning by two to west when in reality you guys beat west down pretty bad uh, that that sounds like a a winner in my book yeah so yeah we'll see we'll see what happens come saturday
1: night yeah it ought to be a good one hey let's go to 11 for a division two robinson Gatesville. for i guess the winner gets probably that third place slot uh, Robinson, man, Coach Lancaster's really got them going this year. You know, I think they they stumbled a week or two ago, but they're looking pretty good. Well, and the and the thing about Robinson too, and I, I saw them against Hillsboro a couple weeks ago. That was our that was our game of the week, and their offensive attack is as balanced as can be, but their defense is really what stood out to me. I mean, they they were living in the backfield, and I think that's something that chris lancaster has brought over from academy as you know part of these turnarounds is playing complimentary football and that's something that he's really kind of
2: prided himself on is is making sure his teams are ready to compete on both sides of the ball and that's something we haven't seen from robinson uh hence why the coach three three coaches in three years for them but i think he's really got them in the right direction but you look at gatesville too They've had a couple of really, really, really tough losses um, during the season. I mean, multiple one-score games. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Glenn Rose by one point, McGregor by four. Then they rattled off four straight, lose to Connolly on a last-second touchdown from Keeper Sibley, which mm-hmm. was a wild game. Um, and then, you know, obviously Madisonville last week is a, is
1: a tough, tough draw, but this is going to be a big matchup really in central texas just to decide who wants to go to the playoffs um or who wants playoff positioning really yeah and, and it's going to be a good one. And, you know but again uh I have, we haven't got to talk to the gaysville head coach this year and we, we try to plan that but we did get to talk to coach lancaster and one of the best dudes man a great interview and uh, he's doing a tremendous job over there at uh robinson hey let's stay in 11 four, eight, uh, two and talk about Probably the first, you know, the, the district championship game with Conley and Madisonville. Madisonville was a top 10 team there for a little bit, and so was Connolly. They both kind of fell out, falling out. Uh, what are you expecting out of this one? Well, I think Madisonville's strength uh, relies, obviously, offensively. Uh, you know, you got
2: Lorenzo Johnson, who's just an absolute beast at wide receiver. But you also look at this Conley team whose strength is definitely on the offensive side of the ball defensively they don't uh, they certainly don't like not giving up points I, I guess that's the best way to put it I but the Connolly team has really kind of shirted up a little bit defensively over the past couple weeks but if they're
1: going to win they're going to have to put up points and I think this is just going to be a high scoring affair but Connolly looks good we'll see if they can get it done against maybe the best in the district in Madisonville now let's go to man a really fun district in eight to a division one Crawford Riesel. Um, I think it's a, probably a sure thing that Martin's going to win that district, but you know two through f- four, who knows? And you know, and all of a sudden Valley Mills is in, in the talk, but uh, to making the playoffs. So, what, what do you think about this Crawford Riesel game?
2: I think Crawford. five and zero right now. You always know the Bulldogs are going to turn it up when district play comes around. But Crawford, you know, used to being at the top of that district consideration, maybe a deep postseason player. They lost a lot of a lot of talent last year, so this year's been kind of almost a rebuilding year. And Riesel really just picked up right where Tyler Crow left it. It, it was Robert Little comes back to Riesel and gets them right back on the ship. So 7-1, and one, I think Riesel probably has the edge in this one. You know, you can't rely on Crawford's past success to define what this year's matchup is going to be. And I think Riesel's just got the talent. They have a lot of playmakers. Gavin
1: Oliver, a quarterback, he's a stud. So we'll see, but I, I'd probably take the Indians in this one. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Okay, hey, let's go up to 6A, and Coach Ezra Martinez has done a tremendous job with Midway since he's taken over, and they get a big one this week in in Weiss. Uh, I mean, I don't know. you think Midway could shock the state and and get this one? I think it would be another one of those big-time upsets. But if you look at Weiss, they've they've had a couple of close calls in that district with Temple, who is – really on a down year this year. They they might not even crack two wins, but uh, when you look at the kind of the, the way Midway has been playing, I mean, they are firing on all cylinders right now. Credit to what that coaching staff has done, shot President, um, Shane Anderson, when he was there, Ezra Martinez, what a great
2: job the Midway Panthers have done of kind of resurrecting that Panther program into what it maybe used to be, or shades, glimpses of what it used to be. And now in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. But I think they could. I really do. i It's the hopefulness in me. Uh, but if you ever watch Ted Lasso, it's the hope that kills you. So I'm, I'm trying to, uh, try to keep myself a little grounded. But I, I think Midway could shock the world. It could be a, a crazy win. And it's at home. So you never know.
1: Yeah. Okay, hey man, we pre- any other games? I know we got uh, you know a Mark Dawson game. Some, any other games this week? Kind of pique your interest. Uh, it's actually our game of the week, and we haven't announced it yet. So this is my, this is an exclusive, depending on when that <laughs> when uh, this <laughs> podcast comes out. But uh, we're going to Shoemaker Colleen. Okay. which it's going to be a really good one too. It's almost kind of if you look in that district, it's Lake Felton and Red Oak, who are really the top of that district. But then you
2: look at who's going to be in third place and really kind of fight for that playoff position because I think it's the top three that get in there. So you uh, Shoemaker and Colleen tied right now. Josh Stadler's been doing an incredible job for the Kangaroos. Uh, this is probably the best position they've been in to make a postseason run. But we'll see who wins on Friday night, but that's where I'll be.
1: Hey Parker, we appreciate you hopping on, and uh, let's let's get together during the playoffs, and then we'll have you on again.
2: Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate what you guys do for Central Texas. This is great.
0: And again, that is Kenny's conversation with the sports anchor at KWKT Channel 44 in Waco, Mr. Parker Ream. Thanks to Parker again for joining us on today's show. He follows us on social media as well, always interacting with us uh, on Twitter and Facebook and the like. So thanks again to Parker Ream for joining us on the show today. Now let's jump into our Week 10 Pick'ems. As always, joining us on the Pickums today we will be the former sports director at KCEN Channel 6 in Waco, Curtis Quillen. So let's just jump right into it, Kenny. We have Weiss at Midway. I'm going to stick with Weiss in this one. I got Midway. Curtis has Weiss. And let's go Killeen Shoemaker at Colleen High. Who do you all got here? We got Shoe. I got Shoe as well. Now we we'll go to Hillsboro at Godley who do y'all got in this one? We got Godley across the board. I'm going to actually I'm going to take Hillsboro on this one. I think I think they'll get a nice bounce back win here. Learn your lesson. <laughs> Madisonville at Connolly. I got Cadets. We got Connolly. Robinson at Gatesville. Who do y'all got in this one? This is this is a toss-up here. Yeah, we got Robinson. I'm going to take the Rockets as well. Whitney at Grandview. I'll stick with the Zebras in this one. Uh, Curtis has Whitney, and I've got Whitney. Like it. Rockdale at Little River Academy. I got Academy big in this yep. one. Cross. Clifton at Elkhart. Who do y'all got here? We got Clifton. I'm going to take the Cubs as well. Rogers at Lexington. Give me the Eagles. Oh, they're both the Eagles. Yeah. Give me the Lexington Eagles yeah, in this one. Yeah,
1: we all have a Lexington
0: Itasca at Ral Vista. This is another toss up here too. Who do y'all got? We got the Wampus Cats. Please. I'm gonna take Rao Vista. Then we got Kearns at Italy. Give me the Gladiators yeah, here. Yeah,
1: we got Gladiators.
0: Marlin at Rosebud Lot. I got Marlin big in this one. I got
1: Marlin. Curtis has Rosebud Lot.
0: Well, they've already pulled off one upset this yeah. in district play, so not not a bad pick. Crawford at yeah, um, I know you and I have uh, Riesel. Who does Curtis, Curtis have too? Then we have Moody at Bruce Valletti. Give me the Moody Bearcats in this one. Yeah, Moody across the board. Mart at Dawson. You know, (laughs) you
1: would think that would be a good game, and Dawson's a hell of a team. They they took a a really good Axel team, a a 2A D1 team to the wire. But I just don't think they're going to. There's gonna be much for Mart, man.
0: <laughs> no. But it's no one's gonna be for Martin until the fourth no. or fifth round seemingly. So Mark Panthers across the board. Iola at Chilton. Gimme the Pirates in this one. Chilton got upset last week. Really? I did not see that. Who no. they who they play last week?
1: Uh was it Granger?
0: Actually now that you mentioned it, I think I think I did see that. Um Uh, live coverage of me looking this up yeah they lost to Granger at Granger 17 to 14 how about that I didn't even I I remember seeing it now but I mean it completely slipped my mind until we saw that wow but still I'll take the Pirates in this one and then to close it out we have Waco at Cleburne wow who do you got in this one? I got Coach Woodard's brother in this one. <laughs> Cleaver. <laughs> you got Cleaver in this yeah. one? I'm going to take Waco High in this yeah, one. Who do- Curtis has says Cleveland also? And that is the end of our Week 10 Pick'ems and that will do it for us on the show today. I want to thank you for tuning in as always to the Central Texas Football Podcast. Again, you uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can reach out to us via email at ctfppodcast at gmail.com that's ctfppodcast at gmail.com or you can find us on social media. Like us on Facebook at Central Texas Football Podcast or follow us on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at CTFP Podcast. And one thanks uh, again to our guest today, uh, Matt Stepp for the question of the week, Curtis Quillen for joining us on the Pickums, and again to Parker Reem, sports anchor at KWKT Channel 44, for giving his insight on the great on the great game of Texas high school football here in Central Texas. And thanks again for you for tuning in to today's show. And we'll be back with you next week for the final week of the regular season here in the 2023 Texas high school football season. For Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox, and we will talk to you all next week.